It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the show with love. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was the year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. Good everyone, welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ann. I'm Beth. And Heidi will hopefully be joining us in a little bit. Uh, today we are pleased to be once again joined by Jason. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, traveler. can't remember if this was your first pick or uh, I, I once again decided to... to... Uh, prepare my uh, submission to be ready to go at midnight and then fell asleep. Uh, oh, yeah. So by the time I got on, a couple of the ones which were, you know, everyone wants were taken, but I was really surprised to see this one was still available because I really like this one. So, and sometimes I'm never sure when I rewatch if I'll like it as much, but I did this time. Nice. Mm-hmm. So today we are here to discuss episode 14 of season 4, Moments of Transition. But first, the voice of the resistance. Welcome to the voice of the resistance. We've received word from Minbar that the Minbari civil war has just ended and a new Grey Council has been formed. In a dramatic ritual that was broadcast live, it was decided who would have the right to lead. The new Grey Council will consist of two from the religious caste, two from the warrior caste, and five from the worker caste. Let's all lend our strength to the Minbari people, former enemies who are now staunch allies. Thank you for listening to the Voice of the Resistance. Detective Kate Beckett, NYPD. Richard Castle, just... And why? I'm Heidi. And I'm John. Where were you between 9 and 10 last night? Recording CastleCast. A podcast for ABC's Castle. We cover all the latest Castle news. And we recap and discuss the latest Castle episode. Then we find out what our listeners have to say. And there are spoilers. I think we're done here. Don't leave town. So, Moments of Transition originally aired May 19, 1997. Um, what was Will doing in his life at that time? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I think the senior luau was that week or a few days away because it's a party that we all have after graduation or like our last event together. I think I have a picture posted on my Facebook from that event that has the date on it. I'll have to check it out later. <laughs> um I think that was around the time I went to my friend's 18th birthday party weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was around 18, That yeah, just graduating. Um, so it was directed by Tony Dow, who last directed Atonement, which was five episodes ago. 
I don't know if we talked about it then, but he's done some acting. He played himself, I think, in a. Um, oh, I didn't write down the name of the movie. It was like I think it's a David Spade movie. <laughs> so there's that, and it was written by JMS, of course. Of course. We're getting ever closer to that one episode he doesn't write, though. Yes. What if it's like the best one? <laughs> the best. Episode ever. It is a pretty unique episode. Um, I can't find it. Oh, forget it. <laughs> um, so let's get on with the recap. So it begins with Garibaldi being awakened in the middle of the night by William Edgars. Edgars. Terribly narrated a... William Edgars. <laughs> hmm. He has another package that needs to get through. And yeah, Garibaldi's still on Babylon Five at this point. Even yeah. he's saying, "When am I getting to Mars?" He said, "I was going to have an interview." Okay, we were confused about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's expecting to get to Mars soon, so I don't see why you weren't confused. <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in the last episode, we really saw Garibaldi. It was kind of yes, you're coming to Mars. Yeah, yeah, and I guess fast. I haven't memorized what his quarters look like now or whatever. So. Oh. They look but a little different. This is like a, me. Uh, many think... times we've seen him shirtless. Oh, I think it might be delayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he expects Garibaldi to be on call twenty four seven. No, <laughs> like I don't think I could ever work for, for someone who wanted me to be on call twenty four seven. I complain. Um, yeah, he doesn't want his materials to get into the wrong hands before he can patent them. And Garibaldi's eager to meet Edgars in person. And we see a restless Sheridan try to get an update on Delin with no luck. And his little and shorts. <laughs> <laughs> And we got two men. Sheridan's still kind of a military man, so he kind of, you know, in military sleep gear, whereas Garibaldi's just uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I, this is the first time uh, in this episode, or this watch, that it really sort of occurred to me that he just lost and got back and lost again his first wife and now you know his second wife's already in mortal danger again sort of of a hard life he has to go through um harder for them yeah we go to Minbar and see that Minbar is on fire yeah uh, checking on wounded I mean I I think this is really effective because in the previous episode you had Delenn watching old film footage or whatever it was of Membar in its prime, whatever city that was, and then in this, one of the first things you see is just, it completely destroyed. The waterfalls are pretty though. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like they they took the same uh, digital shot and just added some burning stuff to it. Yeah, some particles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's I think um, it it's uh, what's it um, also really important to remember that you know 
we keep on getting told that these cities have stood for thousands of years, and then all of a sudden, you know, the warrior caster just bombed the hell out of them. Just rebuild. Sorry, my dryer is finishing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. Did you start recording? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Lanier tells the warrior cast if they well, she details to Lynn that the warrior cast said, "If y'all don't surrender tomorrow, we'll destroy the city for the good of our people." And you get the opening credits. Mm. And after the credits, after the end of history, I just, <laughs> I just can't get over that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, Franklin. And I only give it flack, I guess, because Franklin said it. If it was like, uh, we are, uh, we, I, I always think we're too hard on Franklin <laughs> here on the podcast, but oh, well, it's uh. our thing. <laughs> um. Yeah, Lita's trying to get a job, but since she's not with the Psychor any longer, she uh, nobody will hire her. Yeah. I don't know if we knew before that she interned with the Psychops and that she was a commercial telepath. Or um, well, before Talia left, she said she interned with the Psychops. Okay. Um, but we get a bit more information on what she did before Babylon Five here. Um, so that's. I mean, it's good to see, you know, uh, it's really difficult for her to find a job here and that, um, yeah, all our regular cats have kind of forgotten about her um, because, you know, it's not a clean future. Things like this will happen. You know, people will get left by the wayside just because everyone's too busy with their own problems. So yeah, this lady that she's talking to is played by Christine Noonan, British lady. And she didn't do anything after B5, it seems. Has she done anything before? Because um, Beth and Mel, uh, sorry, Beth and Heidi, <laughs> um, thought they recognised her? Um, I don't, let me see. She did some stuff, I just don't remember what it was. She was on Casanova, something called Z Cars, if 30 minute theater. No, okay. <laughs> Looking for Clancy. She passed away from cancer at 57. Oh, right? that's young. Oh, oh. Yeah. After, afterwards, Naroon meets with. Shakiri, who I like to call Shakira. <laughs> oh, I do do. Um, I think almost everyone does now. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's Naroon. I, I got a great little second tier character that's gone through a great character arc here. And we get a little bit more at the end, but it's always great seeing Naroon. Yeah, Shakira's the warrior cast leader, um, played by Bart McCarthy, who was a judge on Silicon Valley. He was locked in six episodes of Sons of Anarchy. I was thinking he'd be a good, like, Buffy, you know, character of the week or something like that. But it turns out he was in an episode of Angel called Why We Fight. Ooh, I'll try to remember that one, but yeah, I can't quite remember it. But, um, yeah, he definitely seems like the sort of actor who would be on that. 
Uh, uh, he, was a rat, he was a rat demon uncharmed. I can't find you, Beth, to add you back. <laughs> Jeez. So what I'm gonna do is just... Oops. Um, you could uh, try restarting the call. It, it... Hello? I mean... Hello? Uh, at least we hadn't gotten too far. Okay, there we go. So we were talking about how Shakira... Shakira <laughs> was I prefer Shakira. In, yeah, he was in Angel. He was Why We Fight. Oh, is that the one that I think Heidi was saying? She Is that the Naroon's guy he was talking to? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the one in, in command of the uh, warrior cast. And, yeah, essentially he was saying, yeah, why are we fighting religious wars? Um, they kind of got us into the war with humans and then all of a sudden they pulled us out. He's bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he really thinks. Yeah, we should be fighting for, you know, religious wars. We should for be games. fighting. Yeah, right. Yeah, if I were a religious cast, I'd be saying, "Y'all gonna keep holding that over our heads for <laughs> <laughs> millennia." Yeah, but, so, it, uh, but I do like how uh, Narun was questioning what he was saying. Yeah, but, but I would have thought. Uh, actually, no. I suppose you don't have to be. In the Grey Council to to be in charge of the warrior caste or religious caste or worker caste, so yeah. perhaps he didn't doesn't know that um, uh, Sheridan is Valen, because otherwise that's a really good reason to stop war, stop this war. Otherwise, we're going to kill our most beloved religious leader, and that will never happen, and the whole timeline will go up in smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was still... a really good reason to stop that war. Yeah. For the religious cats, yeah. Well, if, if, if Sheridan doesn't go back in time and forge the Membari into a really good fighting force, the shadows kind of wipe the Membari out. And but did they, the, they uh, know though? Like really, that he was Valen? They didn't really know though, right? Well, at the they time, just saw they something own... like a soul or something. Yeah, at the time they they thought he was a reincarnation. Yeah. But now, now they would know Sheridan went back in time. Mm-hmm. If you get what I mean. You mean Sinclair? Yes, Sinclair, yeah. not Sheridan. <laughs> Sinclair, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> back on B5, Zach is seeing some people through security, but he sees Garibaldi receiving a package and heading off. And then our favorite telepath, Bester, comes through. I think our second favorite telepath. My favorite's still Lita. (laughs) Bester's like my second to least favorite telepath. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, yeah. I think I hate Talia more than Bester, but that's about (laughs) it. Um, Lita's kind of grown on me, though she hasn't been around, so maybe that's why. (laughs) So, yeah, when they were talking to Bester, there was this one security guard to his left that had this really dumb look on his face. He was just staring off in the distance. Oh, yeah. Non-blinky guy. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that guy. Kind of the worst extra ever, really. Or the best. I don't know. How do you go that long without blinking? (laughs) 
What do they tell them? Like, just stand there and... Unless uh, uh, Bestu's done something to him and just, just you know, kind <laughs> of shut up. And, yeah, so he's just standing there, not able to talk or do anything but stare forward. He's yeah, kind of pulled, put, yeah, pulled a kill it's distracting. It was. <laughs> like, Bester's saying something, but I can't stop looking Ooh, at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sorry, uh, I'm just thinking now, I, um... A uh, mental battle between Kilgrave and Bester. Oh, I think I know if Kilgrave can get a word out faster, <laughs> I think he could beat him. Um, the other guard was in an episode of Briscoe County Jr. Wow. Um, oh, I see. Another podcaster backing me up on how <laughs> Skype is today. Um, <laughs> um, so Bester tells the guards to make sure Zack is taking care of himself. Uh, Zack catches up with Garibaldi and asks him about that package and working for winners. And Garibaldi's being evasive as usual mm-hmm. and calls him out about honesty and all the breaking off from Earth. Yeah, I mean, he's just... Each episode, the interaction between this these two just gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And Garibaldi's being the kind of guy that he would have treated pretty badly, you know, when he was a security. Oh, like he yeah. didn't like that. Yeah. yeah, he didn't like that kind of those kind of shenanigans going on on his mm-hmm. under his watch. Um. So, Dylan tells Lanier that they're going to surrender to the warrior caste at a time and place of their choosing. So we were supposed to think during the last episode, right? Was it the last yeah. episode that Naroon yeah. was... Okay. Yeah, that he betrayed them. Right. Okay. Mm. So mm. there's... Okay. I was just going to say, but it's, you know, all the setup for the events of this episode. Right. So Bester comes in on Lita watching the voice. He's eating. <laughs> um, <laughs> he wants to kind of sneak Lita back into the cycle or on the condition that she'll let them study what the Vorlons did to her after she dies. I think later in the scene is really awesome. It's just, you know, the whole whole line she has, and it's just... Yeah, this scene and the one with... Unity, yeah. Yeah, this scene and the one with Zack, I thought she was really good, really funny. So remind me oh. about Bester and his status. Um, he's just sort of allowed to come and go. They've got an uneasy alliance with him that, you know, he's kind of, you know, the shadows are gone now, but he may still be handy um, with a few things. They don't know whether he's on Clark's side or not at the moment, and because they've broken away from Earth and they're trying to be an independent station, they they can't stop him from coming aboard otherwise that'll give Clark more propaganda against them yeah like Bester was saying it's a free port so should be able to come and go yeah they were, they were mostly wary of him before because they had secrets to keep and now they don't have those so mm. yeah his, his ability to manipulate them is limited and of course um, we haven't gotten to the events of the end of this episode yet I'm sure if he had come on at a slightly later point in the series, he wouldn't have been allowed aboard because 
we we pretty sure events are about to change at the end of this episode. We hope so. So Lita's not going forward, and I guess Garibaldi saw what was going on. Um, then she kicked. Oh. I, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether Garibaldi saw it at this point. I think it's uh, later when he sees uh, the two of them. But oh, yeah, I thought he saw them right, right here when sh- uh, she was walking off. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, Shakira and Narun are talking. Narun. Oh my chose... god, that would be a totally great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Narun and Shakira, yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, she, yeah, he chose the temple where leaders used to be selected in the is, time before Valen. Essentially, when he was talking with Delenn in the last episode, it was, yeah, well, of course, Akira's going to be all pompous about, <laughs> um, you know, the warrior cast taking charge and going back to the old ways. So, the perfect place to meet would be in this old place we used to choose our leaders. And then Delenn said, uh, probably put in her bit about. Oh, um, Starfire will later on. And it took like 10 hours for her to, <laughs> for her to explain. <laughs> that would be a good place to go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Shakira thinks this will be very symbolic and everybody wants to know what will happen to Delin and he says he'll make sure her ship never gets back to B5 after it's all done. So what do you think Narun is trying to do He's just trying to convince himself that the lens plan is the right one. Well, I, I think at this point he's definitely on board with the lens plan, and this whole comment that you know from Shakira here and earlier on just confirmed that because it, you know, it's it's not exactly great hearing your leader say yes. Well, I don't like that person, so I get to make sure. You know, I'm going to assassinate her because I don't want her getting in my way. You know, you don't want to hear that from your leader. He's trying to convince us that this guy (laughs) needed to go. Yeah. Um, So Zach is visiting Lita, who's preparing dinner, even though she just ate a couple scenes ago. (laughs) I don't know how much time has passed. Her Um, her sad little crockpot in her empty room. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Oh, oh, you know, it's Zach and Lita. Every time they have scenes together, they've got something there, you know, they act really well against each other. Yeah, they're kind of cute, I guess. (laughs) been about a month since the Vorlons left, so they want her to move to smaller quarters since she doesn't have money coming in anymore. Hey, you know, she did a fair bit in the war. It's it's a shame that they're kicking her out of these quarters. And she, as she said, she's only just unpacked everything and, you know, set the place up how she wants. Yeah. And then, and in the middle of it, you've got Zach's puppy dog eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, I wonder if it's less uh, we need the space and a little more malicious from Sheridan for what happened at Zaha Doom. Yeah, because there was a question like, why didn't she go to Sheridan for help? And JMS was saying she probably just doesn't want to ask strangers for help. But I was thinking, you know, last time we saw her and Sheridan together, yeah, <laughs> he was chewing her out. Well, I think maybe she 
could rat leak onto Varva, you know. Remind me, why was it two in her out? Sorry, I don't remember. Because she set off the defenses as I do, the self-destruct thing as I do, just to make piss off Bester. Because oh. they went there looking for some way to help his wife. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And she did that alone without asking anyone, and, you know, Sheridan got pissed off about it. Oh my god, my memory. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's grateful that Zack was the one who told her, but then he wants her to scan Garibaldi, but she won't do it without Garibaldi's permission. And I don't remember this, but she said that he was the first person she met. I don't. Yeah, she talked yeah, back to Sinclair in the, uh, no, no, right back in the pilot. Yeah, I, I thought she had talked to Sinclair first, but I guess she met Garibaldi first. Yeah, Garibaldi introduced um, Lita to Sinclair. Okay. So, if somebody hires Garibaldi to find his cat and dog who are planning to take over the galaxy. Awesome. So this guy, Mr. <laughs> Adams, is Scott Adams, the guy who created Dilbert... Okay. And he has a character called Dogbert who is always scheming to take over the world. <laughs> also, I wonder if was JMS like a fan and then just wanted to write that in? I'm guessing so. Okay, that's <laughs> funny. I used to read Dilbert a little bit. I don't remember the dog and cat, though. Oh, but yeah. D- uh, Dogbert was the like other main character next to Dilbert. Uh, okay. Catbird did not show up a lot. He was the evil director of human resources. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, get another nice little lecture in this scene as well. The um, Rainbari Atashe. The you know just yeah the one off yeah yeah uh, she gives a lovely exasperated look to um, Garibaldi as she's picking up the papers at the end. <laughs> Zeta comes in. She wants Garibaldi to give her a job, and he agrees partly because it would make Bester mad. And Bester comes along, and on his way out, he scans Garibaldi, which Lita notices. Mm. And when Garibaldi goes after Bester, Bester denies everything, and ends up Garibaldi ends up getting taken away by security. Now, is that uh, an unusual thing for uh, for a telepath to be able to tell when somebody else is being scanned? Because I know that they had her do that before, but I wasn't sure if it was, like, an unusual thing or if that's normal. I'm not sure. No, it's happened before with other telepaths, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, uh, but still, Bester is definitely scheming here because... Well, he knew that she would know. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He wanted her to provoke Garibaldi. Um, it's kind of a weird plan if you think about it. Bester, I mean, it's like the light yeah, on various yeah. things happening. Yeah, Bester, I think that wasn't his only reason for doing that. though. yeah, so Bester. So we can happy. then we can um, speculate on why he would do it. Other than that, like is because we don't know exactly who's behind Garibaldi's absence, right? So we can speculate that oh, he's he's not involved and he wants to see what's going on with him or he's just checking on him and he is involved. I don't know. Oh no, it was Psych Core. Right, but but Um, we don't know. Well, I think we could get into this a little bit later when we go over what um, Bessa says in his monologue. 
because yeah. that, that might reveal a couple of things, I think. Um, yeah, so Bester's happy about all this, but then he runs into Zach, who's, who's happy that maybe he caught Bester in something. I was thinking that to go somewhere, but <laughs> didn't really seem to. So in Minbar, is kind of dreading the day, and Delin gives some instructions, and Shakira gr- greets Delin. He's all excited about this surrender, but Delin's not given up <laughs> rights to form the new government. Yeah, that was a much bit of Delenn maneuvering. I mean, it's just the sort of thing she does, really. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. Oh, you think you think you won, do you? Um, here's my real hand. It's just I was I was hiding this card back, you know, there. Yeah. Yeah, her and, so, and Sheridan are made for each other. <laughs> excellent schemers. And speech givers. Well, I don't know about the excellent <laughs> part. Yeah, because <laughs> she really has a speech. Two speeches in this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she wants to settle this the old way. So the one who sacrifices himself in the Starfire or Starfire thingy. Starfire yeah. yeah. <laughs> that determines who we so she steps in and beckons Shakira to follow, but he doesn't want to. She says she can't leave. Okay, what is this thing? The impression I get is essentially it's a giant magnifying glass that just it you know, focuses the sun into intent you know, intense heat and light that will eventually, you know, completely incinerate someone so it's just a big game of uncle yeah yeah okay which is kind of ridiculous but anyway who am i to judge minbari traditions Hmm. i mean can they take like painkillers first (laughs) well we don't know um maybe you know they haven't they haven't um used this in a thousand years you know they've got no idea what uh the minbari used to do before well, and maybe, you know, maybe it Probably did not. end up getting corrupted and people uh, took um, painkillers or stood in the centre and then <laughs> made made a deal whilst they were in there for, you know, because any form of politics will end up getting corrupted. <laughs> they probably have records and then Delenn probably spent time watching the, the tapes of, <laughs> oh, this is what they did, but to me, it's just a giant tanning bed, you see. A nice tan she had after it was over. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she says she can't leave the circle, which isn't true. But <laughs> when she said that, I was thinking somehow it's impossible for them to leave the circle. But, yeah, you can. She just doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And the rune is kind of egging on Shakira. And finally, he goes in, but okay. it's really hot. Please. She didn't. Oh, wait. What do you mean she didn't want to leave the circle? Are we talking about when she was inside? Oh, he didn't want to leave. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, she said, yeah, I can't leave the circle. Because they got it. Are we talking about like when they got in there and then she wanted to stay in? Yeah. What was that all about? She leave. just Was she wanting to sacrifice herself? That's what I'm thinking. Well, well yeah, the lens kind of, you know, um, what's his name back in the comes the Inquisitor, he's kind of right about her that she uh, she's a religious senator and she will, 
you know, sacrifice her life to prove a point. Or did she think that she was somehow going to be saved? I don't think so. No, I think I think she thinks uh, uh, the people of Minbar will require, or they'll need a sacrifice to to buy into her her reorganization plan that she does later. Yeah. Um, that, that, well, way that, to clue that, your that, husband into this. Oh, well, your future husband. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well. Sheridan did go off to Zahadu, you know, to die without really consulting oh, that's true. her. They're horrible. We're <laughs> made for each other. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this is where we find out that the plan all along was for her. Well, he, as far as he knew, was for her to leave the circle, but she's in it to make a point. And just as she's about to be fried, Darun takes her place, and all of a sudden switches to religious caste. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit sudden, but yeah. it, it's been building ever since he made his first appearance. You've got a brilliant character arc going from this heart, um, very by-the-book um, warrior cast um, through his period on the Grey Council as an adversary to Delenn, Coming to realise, well, Delaine actually has some good qualities about her and actually makes sense sometimes to forming an alliance with her and then now actually sacrificing himself for her. Um, it's a nice character arc. And this scene, you can tell this guy is a stage actor, the way that he, <laughs> so the way that he uh, switched to religious cast, the way he delivered his lines. Yeah, but this whole scenario is meant to be very theatrical, isn't it? It's it, on a stage. Yeah, it, it's li- they're literally on a stage <laughs> with their own lighting. <laughs> Babylon Five on ice. <laughs> <laughs> but he seemed to die really quick. But um, yeah, yeah, he was pretty quick. We don't really know. I mean, do we know? Forgive me if I missed it, but how they become part of their cast uh but it's by birth um and the preferences for the mother's religious or the mother's cast yeah uh, well, actually which i guess when we first you met him be... sorry say when we first met him actually the uh the guy they were burying his his mother was religious and his father was warrior and he chose warrior um, yeah, you can follow the calling of your heart if you want to change your caste. It, you know, they, the, it's something accepted in the culture, but not done very often. So what do the religious castes do? Like, I wonder how much of the... Po- I'm not very curious now. Like, would they just go around being religious? <laughs> um, and the warrior caste, what do they do when they're not warring? And then the worker caste is left to, like, do everything else. That sucks. Why the lenders? What she does at the end, really? It's just yeah. It's a, it's a kind of funny. Uh, there's kind of a funny in joke too, because there was no uh, uh, worker cast in the first season. They always talk yeah. about the just the religious and the and the warrior casts. And actually, I think one time linear actually says both are casts. Oh, oh. <laughs> so yeah. War- Warrior was something that was added later in the series. Uh, so Delenn's line later is just basically it's not just for 
the Membari is for everyone watching Babylon 5. Yeah, you forgot about the wor- working cast, didn't you? I know, we were like talking to the, the episode when we were doing our commentary. Yeah. We're like, hello, there's a third cast going <laughs> oh, no. on here. Yeah. So Garibaldi gets another late night call from Edgar's. He wants Garibaldi to fire Lita immediately because he doesn't trust telepaths. Even though he's trying to help telepath. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh-huh. <laughs> I don't trust he is. Um, so we see Garibaldi giving Lita the news, which is upsetting to her. Yeah, I mean... August 3rd. It's just, for the two of them as well, I mean, both they're both in places where the people they've been trusting and thinking other friends have been turning on them, and this is kind of... You know, Lita's um, basically. Oh, you're also cutting me off now. Uh, you know, uh, after saying uh, I could work for you, it's just everyone she's turned to and helped in the past has been cutting her off. That's the last straw. Yeah. And then we get Bester's voiceover. Apparently, he provoked Garibaldi to make him more at odds with his associates. Yeah, he he's deliberately um, tweaking his already suspicious mind to be more, you know, at odds with everyone, which is interesting. Um, it wasn't just so that um, he could provoke Lita. It, it's yeah. Yeah, I wasn't but, sure. Yeah. I was I wasn't really sure. Of course, we were doing a commentary, so I didn't catch everything, but. I kind of just thought um, that he w- had this weird plan to like get Lita to sign over her body. Well, it, that was one of his plans there. The other one was to make sure um, Garibaldi was on course, I think. Oh, okay. Hmm. I missed that. Yeah, well, in his monologue, he basically says, yes, I I tweaked Garibaldi. You know, so... Yeah. yeah. So what does tweaked mean? Um, basically, Garibaldi's already acting more suspicious and more untrusting of those around him. And Bester just comes along and makes sure that's ratcheted up another level. I mean, Bester and Garibaldi have had a very bad history in the past. Um, but on the other hand, there is this, this cycle plan going on are they connected at the moment? So, um, yeah, he got Lita too, and we see her crying in her Psycor uniform. Yeah, and essentially the um, contract is, uh, you know, she has to rejoin the core um, technically as a um, covert operative on that list, yeah. but overtly okay we're paying for everything for you now and in order to accept that you're going to wear our symbol and our gloves to show kind of your allegiance to us although technically in the contract i think Lita can do what she wants if you get what i mean yeah so he's had a nice day and back on it's on Minbar inside a ship. I think it was on Minbar. No, know. no, I think I it's on the ships because ship. that's where um, the Grey Council meet on one of their ships. 
Yeah. So she gives another speech. Mm-hmm. And basically, everybody forgot about the worker cast. They're the ones who are in the middle while everyone else is fighting. So from now on, the worker cast is going to have the majority on the council. And the tenth circle in the middle is reserved in memory of Nerun until it's taken by the one who is to come. Hmm. Uh, and I have a yeah. question. Isn't that just Delenn? Uh, not necessarily. Because that's what that's what um, Zathras calls her, right? She's the one, who, or is that Sheridan? Sheridan is was the one who will be. Delenn was the one who is. Oh, yeah. Claris the one who was. Uh, yeah. Um, and there are multiple meanings for that, and multiple um meanings and definitions of the one in Membari culture. When it applies to the Grey Council, the one is the leader of the Grey Council, um, who was once... Um, what's his name? Who died at the start of the um, Human-Membari War. And I can't remember yeah, his name. Ducat? Yeah, Ducat was the one when that begun. He was the leader of the um, Grey Council. Yeah, and his spot was already reserved for the one to come. Which is why I think she needed a, a sacrifice to take that place to be the like spiritual holder of that seat. Because otherwise someone would try to be in charge. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, you know, at this point, Membari culture is kind of that, so ingrained with that whole idea of reserving a, a place for the honored dead, if you get what I mean. Because they do that with um, significant meals. They leave a place out for Valen. <laughs> <laughs> this is a place for Sinclair when he comes. <laughs> you know you're leaving a spot for Sinclair all along. Um, but Dylan messed up their triangle by putting five, two, two. Can we talk uh, about their head, their heads? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So is it it's supposed to be the the warrior cast has like more bony protrusions. I think so. But then that would mean that it's based on how you're born, like it comes naturally. Well, as we said, you know, most warrior cast members are born into that cast. Uh, well, yeah, but there's the a difference cast. between being born something and being born to something. You know what I mean? Like right. you're, you know, uh, this is almost like a physical thing. I guess I never not, noticed that. Do all religious casts have fewer bones? I never no, really not that. all of them. But I, I always I know, thought the I know ones the, Well, yeah, but Lanier's also got hints of spikes. He doesn't actually have spikes, but he's got hints of them. And then there are a few religious casts who do have do have spiky. Um, Things and I think my thought is those are the ones who actually decided to switch casts. Well, that seems like really thoughtful to be putting in there, you know, from a creator's perspective. Like, usually you want to simplify it. Like, if you really want to have a difference, you have a difference. That would just be confusing. Maybe there, there isn't any, um, Maybe, Maybe it just know. seemed like it because Naroon yeah. and Shakira had it and they were so prominent <laughs> in this episode. Uh, yeah. And then unless, the... unless um, 
less sculpt the bone is flexible and sculptable and the warrior cuts are more likely to make them spiky and you mm-hmm. know accessorize like that whereas the religious cast kind of do more subtle designs yeah, I, don't okay. remember, I don't remember ever reading anything by JMS that the head, the bones were different by cast. So maybe yeah, it's, just a costuming accident, or yeah, it's not really gone into. You just have to speculate like we've been doing. Do you know that Shakira is five two? <laughs> <laughs> she was born in nineteen seventy seven. I did not know she was five two. Oh. <laughs> I love people who are shorter than me, because uh, I'm pretty short. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, I don't know, maybe the best part of the episode, I don't know. <laughs> Angry Ivanova comes in, and she has footage of Earth attacking a ship that was carrying sick and wounded. Angry- and Sheridan says it's time to take the fight to them. Angry Ivanova is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It yeah, seems very uh, random, though, kind of. Not random, but, like, I don't know. Uh, well, moments like this do happen kind of almost out of the blue, though. You know, it's... Well, sure, in real life, but we're talking about a scripted television series, you know, that usually you plan things and... Um... Yes, but I, I think JMS likes mix things up between, you know, plot events that actually happen because... You know, they're right for the plot and events that kind of come out of the blue like they would do in normal life. And this is one of those things that a random horrible event that completely changes the course of the season. You know, they weren't going to go to war. But now this this atrocity has, you know, fired up um, Sheridan and Ivanova and... I know, I they, guess it's weird to me that something that's so momentous and monumental is just related. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like thrown in. It just seems like it was just kind of thrown in. I mean, obviously they wanted to set up for the you know what's to come, but yeah, I guess, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I've always thought it was just this bombshell at the end of the episode that kind of just changes everything. Well, it is, that's for sure. And that's the end of the episode... See, Bill Blair was an alien. <laughs> the title of the episode echoes Jakar's closing monologue in Zaha Doom. The future is all around us, waiting in moments of transition to be born in moments of revelation. And of course, he, he also goes on to say, it's always born in pain. Yeah. Which both of these events are. Naroon's death and the murder of all these civilians. So this episode takes place around August 3rd, which is a recurring date. August 3rd, 2258 was the initial May Day from the Raiders in Signs and Portents. August 3rd, 2260 was the date the Shadows began openly attacking interludes and examinations. This is some kind of Chris Carter bullshit using the same numb date over and over again. Mm-hmm. Is that like his uh, birthday or something? Uh, I, I, Chris, I, 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 I can't see JMS doing something like that. I kind of think it's kind of more JMS putting these little things in for all people to pick up on. on you know, kind of fans to say, why are these things happening on the same day? And it's just JMS with everyone. Yeah, I think it's 
Yeah, it's October 13th. It's Chris Carter's birthday. You see 1013 all over X-Files. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is not, it's, uh, it's not his birthday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did Naroon really realize he belonged in the religious caste, or did he just do it for Delin's sake? JMS says whether it was true or not, he knew his actions would bring the cast back together, so best just to leave that mystery unresolved. A respect for the dead. Um, Lita was willing to scan the Centauri in passing through Gethsemane. He has an inconsistency because humans are inconsistency, but yeah, I didn't know that Centauri, and she does know Garibaldi. Yeah, well, she says exactly that in the episode. She she says to Zach, if it was someone else, maybe. She, you know, yeah, but, there was there was like immediate danger that involved too, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he says he would try to look for ways to bring. Uh, John Vickery back now that Neroon is dead. Anything else? That's enough. So do we have any quotes? Uh, not many in this one, really, is there? I suppose I could, uh, the only one I can really think of that sticks in my head is Lita. Are you serious? And I, yeah. I, I can't get it right. It's just somehow she puts the emphasis in just the right place. It's just. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've got one somewhere. Um, I just sort of like the way Delenn says, uh, uh, Valen said, will you follow me into fire? Just like the way she says that. Yeah, will you? I, that, that whole The whole scene with uh, Naroon, I really like. It's kind of why I like this episode. Plus the Ivanova part at the end. I want your body. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wrote that one down. <laughs> No, no, I wrote, I wrote, I said, there's no delicate way to say this. I want Yeah, and I got, uh, I got Lita's line wrong. It's, what? Are you out of your mind? That's why it's stuck in my head because, you know, Beth, it's, yeah. I was born warrior cast. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) It's very dramatic. I didn't get a chance to write it down. That would be easily swayed by dramatics. Um, so he was our human of the week. Ouch. Uh, I, I really like Lita this week. Lita. Yeah, so, but is this like her third this season? This is her fourth. Like this every season. episode wow! she's been in? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, it shows you what a strong character she is. So, alien of the week. The rune, the rune, the rune. <laughs> Sorry, there's a um, Doctor Who song by the Third Doctor that goes Naru Naru Naru. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, sometime after you finish the series, you have to go through the. Uh, uh, well, what was the name of the, of the podcast? I just finished uh, it. Oh. Yeah, um, Babylon. Oh, yeah, the Babylon. The Babylon. Yeah, the Babylon Project. They yeah. have lots of it's lots of fun jokes. on two words. Yeah. Not just fun jokes, brilliant little uh, side characters and songs. It's just ah, lackluster art by Bari. I believe they agree with you on uh, Franklin (laughs) (laughs) and his problems with women. Almost as who's worse, Franklin or Jordy LaForge? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Jordy never violates medical uh, uh, standards. Jordy is pretty awkward. <laughs> um, I saw a guy that looked just like um, Colin Baker. Was he the fourth one? And I was uh, got like no, really excited. Six, that's right. Um, and I got really excited about the people I was with and never seen Doctor Who, and I convinced them to watch it. But now Doctor Who's about to leave Netflix tomorrow, I think. So I know. <laughs> Is that because it's taking a year's break and uh, Netflix is kind of well, if you're not putting out any new series, we don't want you. Uh, I guess just the license expired and they decided not to renew it for whatever reason. But it's only in the U.S. I think the U.K. is fine. Yeah, they they let stuff go all the time. I mean, it's probably not it's probably not directly related because that contract would have expired a long a while ago. Uh, um. Oh yes, let's rate the episode. One of the <laughs> Jason. Well, I really like this one. Uh, I chose to be on it. Um, I think I already said I just I really like the whole Starfire wheel stuff, even though it is a bit melodramatic, and I I I like Susan very angry at the end and her realizing that she needs to calm down before she can actually go on the news to tell people about it. Uh, I, I like that for, foresight on her part. Uh, so I give it nine out of ten. Uh, burning rings of fire. <laughs> <laughs> About you, um, well, to be honest, I don't think it'd be fair for me to rate it because I really only watched it during the commentary. And, okay. you know, because of my delayed baggage, I don't know if the listeners heard my wasn't able to watch it a second time because it was lost somewhere. Um, Do you want to uh, postpone your writing? Then yes, I'd like to postpone. I'd like to put that on hold, put a table, put a pin in it um, for next time. Motion to table has been. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs a second. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Ian? Yeah, um, I'm going to say, well, uh, sorry, tongue tied there. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy this episode. I, I like the Rune's story arc, and he, every time he's, he's on screen on it, Every time he shows up in episodes, it's good to see him. And he gets a nice character death there, and you rarely get that. Uh, and then Lita's got a great little story here. Bester's back again doing his little manipulations, always good. And we get a great little end with brilliant, angry Susan Ivanova. It's always great to see. Uh, I'm going to give it eight out of 10 staring dead-eyed security guards. <laughs> yeah, I like the episode. I like um, Naroon's... Um, I liked Naroon in every scene except the last one where he died. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, I kind of like calm, angry Susan more than I like this style of angry Susan, but it's still good. And yeah, I liked Lita and Bester stuff going on, so I'll give it, um, I don't know, I'll give it eight out of ten, uh, tanning, <laughs> tanning beds. <laughs> I think, and um, Heidi left a, yeah, reading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Heidi wasn't make it, but she liked Naroon and Lita for the favorites. 
8 out of 10 pillars of light. It would have been higher if the whole episode was the last 30 seconds, but I enjoyed it overall, and I'm really interested to see what is coming next. So, it's the entire episode, an 8.25. Okay. We're back on an upswing, because, I don't know, this season. <laughs> it was a lot of people's favorite season, but the last, like, five or six episodes have been kind of... Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting this, really. I... <laughs> It's like that season two lull in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. We kind of forget about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really do. <laughs> yeah, they need they needed to transition between the Shadow War and the their Cold War, and now they're kind of in. You know, obviously this is the transition into a, a hot war with Earth. Um, but I think yeah, they probably spend too much time in the uh, in the uh, sh- Cold War portion between the t- between. The shadow the same, what's going to happen next? Yeah, at the same time, though, you needed to deal with um, Membar and what was going on there, I think, you know, as a parallel to what was going on with Earth and to make sure everything there is tied up with how um, Delenn left it in season three. At least there are no three dots. <laughs> ah. No, so that, let us, well, let actually, us I, I better that. go, guys. It's like almost it's after midnight, and I gotta work tomorrow. Have you got here. time okay. to do predictions? Um, not got yeah, I can try. I can try a few. Okay, the next episode is No Surrender, No Retreat. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I guess I guess it's the opening salvo of the full on war with Earth. And it sounds like there is a big, a big uh, altercation um, that happens. That's kind of an obvious guess. Um, not knowing exactly what Bester, not remembering exactly what Bester said about Garibaldi. It's hard for me to predict his involvement, but um, I'm just trying to think about what they want, what Garibaldi is being used for, really. Like, I mean. He's on Babylon 5, so, okay, that's good. But then anybody can really get on Babylon 5, and he's not even part of the command staff anymore. So he's not really a good spy. So I'm, I'm a little confused, unless they're trying to use him as some kind of soldier. Um, maybe they're experimenting on some... Maybe this is tied to what, whatever his name is, voiceover actor is doing. Um... Maybe it's some kind of experiment, or I don't know. But, um, and well, what's going on with Jakar? I don't know. Uh, maybe Jakar gets involved in this war um, somehow, or he gets the Narn involved in the Earth War. Um, that's all I got. Haven't seen Londo for a while either, have we? Yeah, I mean, I guess we saw them briefly, like in the last episode. Yeah, but, we saw Londo. Or Londo, yeah. Hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, well, bye, guys. Stroke off. Bye. bye. <laughs> All right. So let us leave the Wheel of Fire and go to Feedback Land. See, first we have an email from Yan. Yan says, Hello, down belowers. Here's some feedback for the season four, episode 14, Moments of Transition. Garibaldi has a wake up call from William Edgars, another package, and Bester's back. He does not want to talk about the command staff for a change. 
Bester has an offer for Lita. She is, after all, a bit desperate. She's tempted but refuses. Lita is told to move to smaller quarters. Zack wants Lita to scan Garibaldi. Her reaction is so good. Oh, when Bester scans Garibaldi, we see a nice reference to Mr. Asimov. By the way, there have been at least one ship called the Asimov visiting the station. JMS must be an Asimov fan. Mr. Edgar does not seem to like telepaths and orders Garibaldi to fire her immediately. Guess what? She has to accept Bester's offer. I am sure Bester planned it like that. A bit of trivia. At a convention, someone went to Walter Koenig and told him that if I had seen you the day after watching that episode, I would have punched you in the face. And Walter Koenig just quietly answered, thank you. Sheridan is worried about Delenn on Minbar. Civil War is ugly, and more so than a normal one. And Delenn gets an ultimatum. Delenn and the religious caste decides to surrender. Narun's expression when Shakiri plans to dispose of Delenn is just so good. He does not like the idea. Delenn challenges Shakiri to enter the Starfire Wheel. His reaction is priceless, and so is Narun's, for different reasons. Narun's last words and his sacrifice gets me every time. His end is a very powerful moment of transition. And Delenn reconstitutes the Grey Council with one important change. The religious and warrior caste cannot decide anything without the consent of the worker caste. I'm a bit sad. No more Narun. I grew to like him. And finally, when the Clark forces kill innocent bystanders, well, refugees and wounded people, Sheridan decides to bring the war to Clark. We got, so we got three moments of transition here. The end of the Mimbari Ward, reforming of the Great Council, Lita's forced reentry into the Psychor, and Sheridan with B5 going to Civil War. Yes, another Civil War. And now for the favorites, I will go for Lita this time, Alien, Narun. Who else could it be in this episode? Quotes, I know some of these are quite long, but they are very good. Warrior leader Shakiri. We fight because it is in our nature. It is the calling of our hearts. Life and death are two possible consequences, both equal, neither valued or feared above the other. For a warrior, death is simply the release from our obligation. Bester, as hard as it might be for you to grasp this, I do have a life that doesn't involve Babylon 5, Sheridan, Ivanova, or anyone else on the command staff. I can promise you I won't go near them. Bester, humanity is my business. Bester, well, there's no delicate way to say it. I want your body. Delenn, if the warrior caste has set aside the wisdom of Valen and want to return to the old ways, then they must honor the law set down by the ancients. The leaders of each of the warring castes must step into the circle. The starfire wheel will open, and its fire will begin to consume them. Those who did not deserve to rule, who would not sacrifice themselves as they asked others to do on their behalf, would escape the fire. The sacrifice of the one who remained, who believed so much in his caste that he would lay down his life for them, would determine which caste would be dominant among us. Uh, Delenn Valen said, will you follow me into the fire? Will you? Narun, I was born warrior caste, but I see now my calling of heart is religious. The war is over. Listen to her. Listen. Uh, I think you said that a bit too flatly. You needed. I Sorry. Delane about the worker caste. They build the temples we pray in, the ships you fight in. 
They look to guide us or they look to us to guide their hands when prayers are bleeding and war is forgotten. What is built is yours. They do not wish to conquer or convert, only to build the future. And now they will have the chance. The religious caste and the warrior caste will guide and counsel. We will serve as is proper. Religion and war must act in the service of the people, not the other way around. This place is reserved for the memory of Nerun until the day it is taken by the one who is to come. You are the heart, the hand, and the voice of our people. Judge wisely and well. Reading the end of the Membari Civil War with Nerun's sacrifice is one of my favorite moments in the whole series. I write this episode 9 out of 10 deaths in the Starfire Wheel. That's all for now. A toast for Nerun. I guess we should have had a proper send-off for Nerun. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my place in the email. Just scrolling. Um, take, a, take care for while the Shadow War is over. Their minions are still out there and there is no surrender and no retreat. Yan the Babylon Lurker. Thanks, Yan. Next email is from Derek. Oh, is it? Have we got um, the file? Oh. Um, copy. There you go. Okay. Oh, let's see. Okay, I think I've got Derek's here. My dearest ambassadors. I hope this communication arrives in time by courier, as I've been fighting the evil forces of the warrior caste of the House of Procrastination. (laughs) Uh, Some thoughts for the best arm podcasts on the internet. Oh, well, thank you very much. I don't know about that, though. (laughs) Uh, I, I think it would be best not to tick off the most powerful telepath by giving... Her smaller quarters. Why not put her on the payroll for everything she's done so she won't, you know, erase everybody's mind or blow up Babylon 5 with a thought? Next to Clarence, she's the most valuable employer you could have. <sighs> Plus, she has those gills on her neck. Might come in handy, you know, on a visit to Mon Calamari to see Admiral Akbar. I think in Cross Universes, yeah. I think that Lita would want to read Garibaldi's mind. Also, even without his permission, as I think he's acting strangely and is your friend, I think that Garibaldi's either on coke or meth, as he's paranoid and way too wiggy to even sit down and relax. Not that I've ever seen anyone on those drugs, but... All those after-school specials have, have taught me something. Best is right on one thing. Babylon 5 is not the safest neighbourhood. Even Mr Rogers would think twice before moving to that particular community, <clears throat> as the murder rate is quite high and former security chief is hooked on coke. Zach is getting all touchy-feely with Lita, going for the shoulder grab with his hand, Next, he's going to ask her to a movie and do the fake stretch so he can wrap her his arm around her. I'm on to you, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, like, why is he touching Lita? <laughs> Are they that close? <laughs> Regarding the Membari, I find it very odd that they are a thousand years more advanced than Earth, but only have one location where all the Membari, all of Membari can see the surrender. 
Apparently, crystals are plentiful on the planet, but video cameras are rare, uh, are a rare resource. Plus, no cable news, which might be a good thing. If they really are advanced, I bet they just have national public radio. Although, if it's televised, I bet the ratings are higher than Super Bowl. Who provides maintenance for the staff are? Well, what does that say? Wouldn't it, stu- wouldn't it suck to have to be the one to test it out monthly to see if it works? And apparently it is activated just by staring at it as to lend us. <laughs> oh, what, or, or she worked out a queue with the maintenance people in advance. <laughs> Maybe. Delenn, here, Lily. Oh, this is his quotes. Okay. Delenn, here, Lenny, take this role. Oh, no, it's not a quote, sorry. It's just his comment. Here, Lenny, take this device that looks like a small curtain rod. You'll know what to do with it later. Perhaps, perhaps put it up a tiny window and think of me when it's too sunny outside. Oh, sorry. I, I thought that the. At first, they said Delenn was the family Veer instead of the family Mir. Then everything would make sense as Veer is secretly controlling everything behind the scenes and it turns out everyone is related. I really like this episode and the only thing that could have made it better was to add the Johnny Cash song, Ring of Fire, when the Starfire Wheel was opening. That old Naroon should be... Quicker saying things before he gets turned to fireworks by Starfire. What if he had just said, I was born warrior cast and then was blown up before saying anything else? <laughs> then everything would have turned out differently. He should have given a small curtain rod to an assistant just in case he couldn't finish his last statement. Okay, he's only another week. Naroon, who looks like a Mumbai version of Karl McLaughlin, if you know, from Twin Peaks. It's even another week. Lita, so far everyone's alien and human. For all the crap she has to go through, guaranteed she doesn't exactly obey the rules, such as blowing up a planet with just her thoughts. I bet... I bet... Sorry, but I would think that Babylon 5 would rather give her a large apartment so she doesn't have to be employed by Bester. I gave it 8.5 out of 10. Times I've had to watch The Lion King with my three-year-old son since I watched the previous episodes of Babylon 5. Huh. Or if that's rating taken, or if that rating's taken, and I highly doubt it is, 8.5 out of 10 Johnny Cash's. And lastly, I don't dis fibber. Fibber is such an. Oh, sorry, fiber. What is fibber? <laughs> sorry. And lastly, don't dis fiber. Fiber is an important part of how he died. It helps a low, lower total cholesterol level as it pre- prevents cochorial cancer. I'm glad JMS put in a PSA for fiber. Sincerely, Derek of the House of Minnesota. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, thank you, Derek. Sorry I'm angled up since a lot of that. <laughs> Our final email is from Yarsto. Um, 
Yes, I accidentally copied the same email twice. So let me find Yarstow's email. Da, 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 da. Play the Jeopardy music. Uh, 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 not much feedback this week, though. It's the same. Maybe everyone's waiting for next week. Internet is slow. Okay, Yarstow says, Here's my feed. Dear, um, <laughs> Hello down below, casters. Here's my feedback from moments of transition. A lot of things happen in this episode. Garibaldi's relationship with Zach moves from it's complicated to the only greatest relationship counselor to only the greatest relationship counselor could ever save this. Lita gets pressured by Bex- Bester, gets worse with Garibaldi, loses that job in the end and has to make a deal with Bester after all. And while all of that is happening on Babylon 5, the main events of the episode are actually happening on Minbar. On Minbar, the religious caste surrenders, but Delin manages to turn the tables on Shakiri, the leader of the warrior caste. In the end, Narun rescues Delin and in his dying moments closes another circle. We first met Narun when he brought the body of Branmer, a Minbari war leader who had been one religious caste, to Babylon 5. Now Narun born warrior restores the balance. Delin goes on to restore the Great Council, giving the worker caste the majority. The only the traditionally dominant caste can now only advise, but even the two sides together cannot push anything through without at least some support from the workers. Quotes uh the one about Bester having a life that doesn't involve the command staff. Uh Delin the warrior caste begun this war, the religious caste has ended it is anyone else reminded of Never Start a Fight would always finish it? Uh, oh, actually, yeah, I think actually Delay got that from um, Sheridan. You yeah. know, it's kind of her version of it. So it, no one could say, hey, you nicked that from your boyfriend. <laughs> Delay prayers are fleeting and wars forgotten. What is built endures. Favorite characters, Alien, Naroon for demonstrating the third principle of sentient life. Human Zack caught in the middle but still doing the right thing when he can. Episode rating 8.5 out of 9 members of the new Grey Council. Yarsto from the Netherlands. Thanks, Yarsto. Thanks for yeah. uh, finishing out feedback there. Yeah. I think that is it. Jason, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you back next season, if not later this season. Still, for season five. Okay. We still got a long way to go. Yeah. So that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with no surrender, no retreat. But until then, goodbye. Be seeing you, Strokeall.
for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 